What's going on, friends? This is Chris. You're about to listen to a message that I taught on one of our community worship nights here in Jamestown, Tennessee, on abiding in the Lord and allowing Him to shape us and mold us to be more like Him through meditating on His Word and on His character. I hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, If you have your Bibles, open tonight to Luke chapter 10, and then we're going to end up in in, Luke. in John 15. But if you want to follow along, open in Luke 10. Gracie, thank you for sharing that. It's really good. So I want to read a a passage out of a C.S. Lewis book um, that is called Reflections on the Psalms, and this is how he opens the books, or this book. It often happens that two schoolboys can solve difficulties in their work for one another better than the master can. When you took the problem to a master, as we all remember, he was very likely to explain what you understood already, to add a great deal of information which you didn't want, and to say nothing at all about the thing that was puzzling you. I have watched this from both sides of the net, from when, as a teacher myself, I have tried to answer questions brought to me by my pupils. I have sometimes, after a minute, seen the expression settle down on their faces that assured me that they were suffering from exactly the same frustration which I had suffered from my teachers. The fellow people can, uh, the fellow people can help more than the master because he knows less. The difficulty, when we want him to explain, is one he has recently met. The expert met it so long ago that he has forgotten he sees the whole subject, by now, in a different light, that he cannot conceive what is really troubling the pupil. He sees a dozen other difficulties which ought to be troubling him, but aren't. So, I love this quote, and I share this to say. I am learning the mysteries of God. I'm continually excited to grow closer and hungrier and more desperate to search out the mysteries of God. I also think this is the way that we're meant to stay. And I'd also like to suggest that we never really arrive on this journey. Until one day we die or Jesus returns. And even still, I don't know that we really arrive. I think it's more of a continuing in relationship with him and growing and a longing to worship him more and more. So my prayer for us is that we stay bright-eyed and filled with wonder, and that we remain students of Jesus all of our days. As the schoolboys in Lewis's example, iron sharpening iron, learning the mysteries of Jesus. The difference between the master in Lewis's story and the master in our story is that our master gives the best answers, and we can go to him with our questions. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, he entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. 
But only one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Many of us will know this scripture well uh, as a challenging scripture to our overachieving lifestyles. And I'd like to put Mary's positioning into terms that we use regularly. Mary, sitting at Jesus' feet, was stopping everything to humble herself, learning from him, enjoying his presence. She was spending time in the presence of Jesus. It is easy to assume that we would want to take time and sit at Jesus' feet if he walked in the room right now. You guys ever read the Bible and it's like, oh, I would have totally acted that way. No, you, I mean, it's possible. But I think often if we're actually in those scenarios, man, when I started to put myself in the place of like Pharisees, I was like, oh man, I'm pretty sure I've defended something that wasn't totally on before and like almost defended something that Jesus may have been against. Until I allow the Lord to correct my heart. It's interesting when you start to read the Bible, like, am I Judas? Am I a Pharisee? Am I like... That's a weird, that's an off topic. But the point is, would we actually stop everything and sit at Jesus' feet? Because I'm probably, as much as I'm a guy who loves to sit at the feet of the Lord, I'm also someone who, like, if I'm not busy, I feel like I'm wasting time. And it's really, really hard for me to not fill my day, post my time in the morning with the Lord with, like, everything else, and achieve tons and tons of things in a day. This passage of scripture by no means is to say that our work doesn't glorify Jesus, but instead that our work without the reality of and relationship with Jesus is just work. So how do we center our reality on Jesus? Psalm 1, chapter 1. I'm going to bounce through a handful of psalms. You don't have to go to everyone unless you want to play quick thumbs. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of waters, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So tonight, I want to take back some terminology that I feel like has been stolen, distorted, and twisted in our modern-day culture, starting with, what is meditation? When you think of the word meditate or meditation, there's a good chance you think of something other than centering your mind and heart on Jesus in our culture. Culture, other religious, and, quote, spiritual practices have made the concept of meditation something like this. Quiet your mind remove all distractions, and fade off into nothingness. Or, in some other practices, you fade off into nothingness and then open yourself to anything and everything that wants to present itself to you. This is not only void of Jesus, it's actually really dangerous. Just kind of throw that out there. But, meditation is a really important part of the life of a believer. And I think we've gone so far in the church to say, like, oh, meditation is this weird, hippie, crazy thing. That's just not true. Meditation was meant to be focused on Jesus. So tonight we're going to look at this. Of the 23 times the term meditate or meditation is issued in Scripture, 20 refer specifically to meditating on the Lord in some way, on his actions, on his law, on his testimonies. One of the first times in the Bible meditation 
uh, is mentioned is in the book of Joshua saying to meditate on the scriptures. And if you want to write this down, if anyone's taking notes, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So interesting thought. Where is this formula for success in our modern day culture? Meditate on the scriptures and you will have success. Don't we say the exact opposite nowadays? Don't waste time meditating or reading scripture. Go work super hard and you will have success. It's interesting. I was thinking, well, actually, I'm not going to go there. Never mind. I was thinking about a lot of the twisting in our cultures this month. And uh, this was one of them. It's interesting that we push Martha's narrative over Mary's and wonder why we find ourselves burnt out and unfulfilled. Psalm 48, verse 9, talks about meditating on God's unfailing love. We have thought on your loving kindness, O God, in the midst of your temple. Psalm 77, 12, I will meditate on all your work and muse your deeds. Psalm 119, 15 says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. Psalms 119, 148, that is a very long chapter of scripture. My eyes anticipate the night watches that I may meditate on your word. Okay, so hopefully now we have, at least on some level, proven that the concept of meditation is scriptural. We all in agreement? We all in agreement? I know we're all sleeping now, okay. So how then do we meditate? We're just going to talk briefly about this tonight. Here's a really good start. Take a Bible verse or an aspect of who God is. Just a note. We started a couple weeks ago a series on the foundations of prayer, and we talked about a personal prayer life. So this is to add on to that teaching about cultivating a personal prayer life. So in your quiet time, take a Bible verse or an aspect of God, for example, his love, his goodness, his promises, and so on. Sit quietly and focus your thoughts on this, reflecting and exploring this area of scripture or truth of who God is. Distractions will inevitably pop up, And if they need praying for it, this is actually a really good time to go ahead and give those to the Lord. Um, Or let them pass on and refocus on Him. Find the peace of the Lord and allow Him to guide your quiet time. I just want to say this too. Our culture has gotten so weirded out by the idea of following the Holy Spirit and following Jesus in our life. That it's like, well, we can't just follow anywhere He says to go. He's God. You're supposed to. Okay? Make sure it's it's backed by scripture and it's not outside of the context of the word, but you should hear the voice of God speak to you. We're going to talk about that soon and I can't wait. But allow the Lord to lead your prayer time and listen. Prayer is a conversation. I went to pray with a friend the other day and I was like, hey, why don't we just pray about that? And I started praying and I stopped and just sat. And it was even uncomfortable for me and my friend just kind of chuckled. I knew why I was laughing. He was like, I thought we were going to pray. But I felt in that moment like we need to listen. I expressed my heart like, God, we need you right now in this scenario. And then we stopped talking. And we waited on it. If we're honest, I think we fill a lot of our prayer time with all of us talking and not listening. One of the reasons I hated the idea of preaching was because it feels like a one-way conversation. 
It's just awkward. Like, I just keep talking and talking and talking. But we do that in prayer too, don't we? We just keep talking and talking, and we don't actually listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Meditation is a beautiful time to learn to listen to His voice. Psalm chapter 46, verse 10 says, Cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Meditation is to be still and know that He is God. Philippians 4, chapter 8, one of my favorite verses ever, says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. There's an old saying that says, You are what you eat. And it's maybe better said, You become what you behold. I love that, that terminology. So why is being still and meditating on Jesus important to our walk with him? In Jewish tradition, it was a rabbi's disciples that would be found sitting at his feet. Part of what makes the passage of Mary and Martha so significant is that in their culture, it would be a young man or young men who were chosen to be disciples that would be sitting at the rabbi's feet. What was beautiful about it is Jesus has a woman in a culture that they were not on the same level as men, humbling herself, sitting at his feet, taking the time to learn from and be with him. That's part of the beauty of that moment with the Lord. But that was a place of learning from a teacher. It was a place of enjoying his presence. It was a place of stopping everything to say, I'm here for you. Anything that you have to say, anything that you have to give me, I'm here, ready to receive. The goal of being a follower of Jesus is to become more like him. Aligning our hearts and our minds with the truth of who he is and bringing them in line with our spirit to glorify Jesus. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Meditating on Jesus isn't only for quiet moments. In fact, meditation is really a path to communion with God. An ongoing, all day, all night, all the time, continual relationship. The more we learn to meditate on the things of God and pursue Him, the more we are made aware of His presence. I remember a while back, and I'm sorry if I step on someone's toes with theology, but I remember there was this big complaint about the song, Holy Spirit, You Are Welcome Here. I don't know if you guys ever heard this. And if you were on this side of the fence, just go ahead and forgive me now, because I might step on your toe. And it doesn't mean that I'm right, but here's my perspective. The perspective that was shared was that you don't need to invite the Holy Spirit because he's already here. I agree. But if you were in my house and you happened to come over, maybe Jess invited you over and you were there, and I ignored you, didn't pay attention to you, didn't offer you something to eat, didn't invite you to come sit on the couch, you just happened to be there, or I was like, Daniel, oh dude, so good to see you, I'm so glad you're here, will you come, come, come sit with me, can I get you a glass of water, let's spend time together, there's a difference, there's a point in welcoming the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here, come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. Is it that it's not filled? No. Although I do think anointing increases, but we'll save that for another day. 
First Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. We stay in prayer because we stay in conversation with God. Which leads us to abiding in Him. The word abide literally means to stay or remain. John chapter 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Guys, if you want to hop up, we will go back into worship. I open this talk with suggesting that we remain students of Jesus. Never growing past our desire to be with him and learn from him. In Jesus and Jewish culture, when you discipled under a rabbi, you were with them continually. You traveled with them, you sat under them, you listened to their teaching in the synagogues or the temples, and then when you would go from one to the other, you would have time to ask questions about the things that you didn't understand. You would be with them day and night. It was a privilege to be a disciple because you had access to the teacher that no one else had. So here's my question for us tonight. And I know there's stuff going on, but will you close your eyes and let me ask you a bit of a hard question. Do you take advantage of the privilege you have to sit at the feet of the most influential teacher to ever live, who also happens to be the creator of the universe and savior of the world. Abiding is about intimacy, discipleship, and sustenance. The word abiding sounds relaxed, natural, and effortless, and it can be. When you start learning to meditate on Jesus, you will spend a fair bit of time learning to let go of distractions. Learning to abide in Jesus is also learning how not to abide in the things of the world. The more you meditate on Jesus, the more he takes priority of your thoughts, your emotions, and your actions. The more you abide in him, the more you become like him and become an extension of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. You get to partner with God in answering the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Didn't even mean to sing that song tonight. So let me read this chapter of scripture over us one more time. John 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the world which I have spoken to you, the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, 
I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. My challenge for us tonight is through this weekend, if you take time for Sabbath tomorrow, through Sunday, and going into next week, will you take even just a moment, 60 seconds, to meditate on who God is? Whatever it is that he highlights to you, if there's a verse that you've been pondering, a truth, a promise of his, Better yet, maybe even just sit quietly, be still, and to know that he is God. It was A.W. Tozer, I shared this a while back, that said something along the lines of the most important thing about who you are is how you see God. What if we actually believe that he's God? What if we meditate on who he is to the point that we really, really believe in. How would it change our lives? So would you take a moment this week, this weekend, and meditate on the Lord? Thanks so much for listening, friend. I hope this added something to your life. I hope this gave you something to uh, add to your time with the Lord this week. If you want to find more of our teachings, if you want to find the music that we are recording here in Jamestown, Tennessee with our band, As Breath of Heaven Music, you can check us out at breathofheaveninc.org. So that's breathofheaveninc.org. Have a wonderful day.